Hey, welcome to Service Sharp. This is a podcast all about ServiceNow. We will be talking strategy, architecture, uh, technology, uh, just everything ServiceNow. We are not affiliated with ServiceNow. The opinions expressed are our own. We are just a couple of uh, people that are very passionate about the platform. So hope you'll join us for every episode. And without further ado, here we go. All right, this is Jason Gibson. We're back with Service Sharp. Uh, I have Randy Haas uh, and uh, Brent Peters on the call with me right now. Um, and we're going to be discussing uh, the New York upgrade and kind of upgrades in general to um, decide um, uh, to help you with your, your future steps. All right, so Brent, uh, Randy, um, welcome. I guess the, the first question we want to start with is, is what we've found while, um, while doing the upgrades for, to, to New York um, and uh, kind of issues we've been, that, that we've had and talk about um, any like best practices as well while we're, while we're at it. But uh, so New York, um, I've, it is a, a big upgrade for us. I don't know, Brent, was it, was it a big upgrade for you guys too? It wasn't too bad for us um, because we've tried to stay as close out of the box for our stuff, but uh, it wasn't too bad. Were you? Uh, did you end up skipping a version, or did you go straight uh, or go from uh, Madrid to New York? Yeah, we went from Madrid to New York, so we did not skip this time. So yeah, yeah. So my uh, the this last one that I did was I actually skipped Madrid and went uh, straight to New York. Um, I think that made it a bigger upgrade, mainly because you have um, all the ad, the, the things that people wanted, the 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 mobile, the um, agent workspace, the you know, they wanted a lot of things configured, and so this ends up being uh, a huge upgrade, um, mainly because they wanted so many things that the newer versions uh, that they have. Um, and of course we could have taken it slower and, you know, done the upgrade and then launched uh, agent workspace, then launched the mobile, then launched, but instead what we've done is we've taken a little longer with the upgrade and rolled in agent workspace, uh, the mobile app, the outlook, the outlook integration. So there's a lot of things they wanted, um, in this upgrade. So what do you think of that, Brent? Do you, do you like rolling other things in, or do you, do you like just independently doing the upgrade uh, on its own merit each time? Um, I usually do, inter, uh, do the upgrades, and then, you know, if there's new features that we would like in the organization or the organization would like the new features, we do with some consideration, though. If there are huge uh, new options, new uh plugins, that kind of stuff. Then we kind of do them in a, in a phased approach. We do the upgrade and then we go do them. But, you know, some of the new options, like in this one, you've got, you, they had the, the agent in Madrid, but in this one, they have the new mobile app for your customers. We're going to go ahead and blow that one out during the upgrade too. And, and let the customers start using that. So it, it depends on the size and the effort it's going to take, but yeah, we've, we've done both. So what do you like? Um, do you think that it clouds it too much? Because right now I've got, we, we have so much that we've moved uh, to do this last upgrade that um, it seemed to complicate and, and make the, the water significantly more uh, murky in the process. Um, but I don't know. I've also, I've, I also like to add things in there so people see the, uh, the positives, they see... Um, you know, that the things are changing and getting better and, you know, that's always a good thing to show your customers that you're making improvements on a continuous basis, every upgrade, you know. Right. And uh, doing an upgrade, the customer or the users are going to want to see, Hey, you upgraded. What, what new things started? I mean, why are we upgrading and all this? So yeah, it is good to put some new stuff in there. Uh, but, you know, putting too much kind of over 
like you said, clouds it up or makes it difficult for the end users because there's so much change. Uh, it kind of confuses some of them. So it, it, there's a there's a limit between the two, but I've done both. Uh, when we first went live, we went live with um, many, many years ago, we went live with um, five different of the modules and that really confused a lot of people. But, <laughs> you know, they they caught on and we moved on from there. But uh, when you do an upgrade, it's always nice to see, oh, here's a new feature. So turning them on is a is something I like to do. But if it's going to be really difficult or requires a lot of training on the back end, that kind of stuff for your users, uh, we take a little slower approach on those things. But it's nice to have good or have new features turned on when you do upgrades. And it depends on your team size. So, you know, I'm lucky in the fact that this last one, you know, we were able to have one person doing training with the service desk and focusing on making sure they understood workspace and doing um, the more administrative side of things and making sure things are uh, done and doing some small configuration while we had you know, three other people doing development. Uh, so, you know, that has been nice, but we are enabling 13 plugins and we have over 35 update sets. So it's a lot. And it was so many people in so many hands and so many update sets. When, when we moved it to, to test, I had to, they, it, you know, initially I had uh, the, one of my developers go in and start committing the update sets. Well, they didn't do it in the perfect order, so we got a bunch of errors. So I had to have the, it, you know, rolled back and recloned and re-upgraded um, because it, he didn't get it done in the right order, and it, and it was a little off. Um, and that really messed things up. And so it's very important if you're going to do a large upgrade like this to make sure you document every single step, the things that you did first, you know, the things that you worked on first, um, and make sure and do parent child relationships with the update sets. So when you move it over, they move over together and they're in, in there, you know, it just, it, it, overall, it makes it a lot easier when you're talking about um, something like mobile, having to do several different update sets, each one in a different scope, you know? Right. And you, you nailed it right there. It doesn't matter if there's one of you or there's 35 of you doing this upgrade. You've got to have documented steps of what you did and what you need to do the day you move over to another instance. You got to make sure, okay, we got to have these plugins enabled. We have to have these update sets. This is the order of the update sets that need to go in, that kind of stuff. It, it, it doesn't matter if you are one or 35, you need to all be on the same page when you're doing that. Um, like you like you found out it is it can be a pain if you don't do it in the right order um and then you got to also have planned tests how you're going to test what you're testing who you're testing as uh that's one of the things i've run into with a lot of developers and admins when they're testing they test as themselves only right. um no you can't you have to test as end users, you have to test as IT users, you have to test as um, approvers, that kind of stuff. So you got to keep all the roles in mind of who you're going to test at as too. ATFs help a lot with that. The, the automatic testing that the ATFs do is, is actually really great. We have everything down on this last upgrade. We had everything down. Everything had an ATF associated with it, um, including the integrations, including the the main modules, including all the catalog items, so everything has a uh, an ATF. And they ran the ATFs, and then I go, okay. They're like, okay, we're done. And I'm like, no. And they didn't. And for a while, they didn't understand it because I'm like, no. We, yes, we ran the ATFs. Now we need to do a sanity check. And so, even if you run the ATFs, you still need to to go through, have a person go through and check things. You don't have to create as many, you know, but you still need a, a human being to double and triple check things before you, uh, you move forward. If you want to move it to production and not have any errors, right? 
Right, because ATFs is pretty much you script those to be a perfect scenario every time. So it's this person logs in, they do this exact same thing every time, and then they transfer the ticket to someone and they do their update and so on. But it's a perfect scenario each time. If you get a human factor in there, they're going to do things a little bit different. They might not follow that perfect scenario and they might find, hey, you know, if I go in and I right click at the top and it's save, it doesn't do the same thing as if you're, that your other thing did or whatever. So I always, I have other admins and developers test my upgrades too, but then I get other IT users that use the system to also do my testing for me because I find hey, I opened the tickets the way it was developed, but if I get Susie Q over here in the uh, application department to try, oh, she goes a totally different way and does it this way. And if she's doing it that way, <laughs> other people could be. So, Well, and you always have that one person that has a propensity to breaking things. So you're like, set them loose. <laughs> Go break yeah. it. Yeah, I want it to break now. There are two users that I used to usually always pick on at, at my current organization that – have a tendency to find the weirdest ways around the system and try to break, not that they try to break it, but they find the weirdest ways around and they always find issues. And it's like, Hey, there we go. We'll fix that. So yeah, ATFs are great just for initial testing, but yeah, you do have to go and get some, some hands in the system so that you can make sure it's really going to work. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's important also, uh, test scripts are really important to, to, to have for your testers. So, yes. uh, you know, one of the, you know, one of the things that we spent, uh, I've spent the last year or so making sure, um, has been done is got to have testing scripts, got to have ATFs, got to have all the processes and all the policies together. You know, you need an upgrade policy. You need a cloning policy. You need to be able to refer back and say, this is the policy we're going to follow. And this is the, the structure that we're going to have for our upgrades. And, you know, the, everybody thinks I'm, I'm a little bit, a little bit over the top with that, but I think it's super important for us to, to all understand here's the process. Here's why the process exists. And here's what we're going to do and not flying by the seat of our pants, but have a, have a plan and follow the plan. Yes, exactly. And we kind of skipped around or skipped past it, but before you start doing the upgrade, you should always read the release notes. Mm -hmm. um, ServiceNow is great at, you know, documenting those. Uh, they also have an upgrade plan that, you know, you can always go through and look at too. It's usually the same, but I've noticed in the past, two or three upgrades, they've added a few things or suggested more things. Um, but your test plans, as you pointed out, are, um, yeah, you can use the same test plans upgrade after upgrade, but you do need to review them, make sure that they still are relevant to the new upgrade. And that if you need to add any new features to your update or any new features you want tested in your test plans and that kind of stuff. Um, but it, it also goes back to your overall development philosophy at your organization and your overall um, development process. You need to have a development process. Not everybody go randomly creating stuff. You need to have a, a, a defined process to where they're going to create a catalog item, but then they're going to create an ATF. Then they're going to create test scripts all before it goes live. And, and a KB and, you know, those are the three things that you need to do that are not even associated with the, the, the catalog item, just so people understand what to do. Uh, and once that's created, the test scripts in the ATF, it, you don't have to do it again. Uh, now, yep. go modify it. You got to go change them. I've, I've found <laughs> that people are like, well, I didn't remember to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Now I have a question on your test scripts because we kind of we're talking about those. How detailed are you on your test scripts? Do you tell them, you know, go here, do this, click this, fill out these fields, or do you just do a test script that says you need to test opening a change or incident or whatever and give them generic kind of steps? How do you do it? So I do more generic. I don't go too far into it. I do tell them to, um, to, to, 
to the basics, like create an incident um, with a, a normal chain or create an incident, create a, a, a priority, higher priority incident, create a lower priority incident, create a, a normal change, create a standard change, that kind of stuff. Um, right. I don't go so specific that I say, go create it with this, this CI, go create it with, you know, that kind of thing. But I give them a little bit of information on each one. Um, but I try not to have it more than say 10 different steps, you know? Okay. See, that's what I do. Our, our implementer, um, eight or nine years ago when our implementer was doing this, they gave us test scripts that said, go here click on this, put in your name, pick this CI, and so on. They were very specific. So the being new to ServiceNow and the upgrades and all, I went ahead and the next upgrade, I gave, I just updated those. That test script gave it to our customers and they followed them exactly and nothing failed. But then when we did the upgrade and people started using it, well, they were having issues here or they had issues here. Not a whole lot, but they had a few. Well, it was because they didn't do it the same process. So if we, we found that if you are generic like that, okay, I need you to open an incident, but I need you to open a priority one incident, a priority two, priority three, so on through. And then I need normal change, emergency, and so on. If I told them to do those and kind of just left it generic, I, they ended up finding more issues because they weren't following a script. They were just doing it their normal day-to-day ways. That's when we find our our issues in our development system before we go to prod. So it's always nice to find those. So I just was wondering what you found. Don't be upset when they find issues. I've had people get upset when they find issues. They're like, Oh my gosh, we have issues. Okay. That's, that's actually a good thing because we're finding them now. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) We want to find them now. ADs broke. Okay, that's fantastic. We'll go figure out why it's broke and figure out what broke it. And we can do that in, in our dev environments and test environments before. And, and, and that's, but I've seen people get so upset that something's not working right. And it's like, listen, that's why we have a dev. That's why we have a test. We're going to get problems. And we want to figure out all those possible problems before you know, before it goes to production and our customers are finding the problems for us. Dev and tests is for problems. <laughs> Fix right. them there. So you don't have them in production. Yeah. I could see where some people would get, you know, Oh my, I did my best on this development and this code and everything. And they're critiquing it because it's, it, they said it didn't work. I could see where people could get offended that from that, but that's not how it is. You did your best. You put all your work in there you might have fat fingered something you might have, you know, thought, okay, well my process is this way. And then they went and did it a different way and found a different error that could have been out of the box. So don't take it personally, just fix it. (laughs) Right. And you know, and I, I I mean, we all get, get ownership on what we do. (laughs) Yes, we do. And and we all want it to be as perfect as possible, but you know, when you're, when you're in Brent and I's level, we understand, you know, we understand that my code's not always perfect. I can't really expect yours. If you're a junior developer or developer, you know, to be perfect every time. That's why we have this. That's why we have code reviews. That's why we have these conversations and that's why we do training, you know, um, is because we're none of us are perfect. And so that ownership is great, but you have to be flexible and you have to say, okay, we did this upgrade. I built this additional module in the mobile app, right? Because that's basically what's what's been happening is every time I we do an upgrade for a customer that, that we turn on the mobile app, it doesn't have enough stuff, right? It, it has incident, but it doesn't have change. It doesn't have tasks. Right. Yep. It doesn't have some of the things they want, so they want that built on. And so you get that built on, and it gets over, and you go to the next deal, and it just locks up, and you're like, okay, so we need to fix that. You know? It's yep. no, no big deal. Who cares, right? It's not, it's not the production yet. So. Yep. And I will say in New York, they did add, because you brought up mobile New York, they did add quite a few out-of-the-box uh, applications for mobile and agent. So um, 
I don't, I don't know that you're using project in your instances that you're supporting, but the project, the instances I am have project and the new project app on agent actually works quite well. Um, PMs P, don't take this offensive anyone, but if PMs are a little picky on what they want them to do. And uh, so they might have issue with it, but I mean, it's got all the info they need. So it, it's great out of the box even. Yeah. I mean, it's so, that's another thing, you know, everybody's best invested in their own work, uh, but we're not building it for them. And that's the one thing I've had a hard time. And especially with, you know, agent workspace is one of those, you know, keeping it generic enough for, for any agent to use it and allowing them to build. And, and this is what I've been trying to preach in, in agent workspaces, build it out to what the general number of people are going to be using it and then allow them to build their own lists. I mean, yep. they've, got that, they've got that capability. So we've, we've, we've often just done, okay, so we're going to build the basics and then we're going to teach you how to build, how to build onto that. And I found that people have been really excited about that with New York. Yes. Yep. And that's the nice thing about ServiceNow, but you kind of have to do it um, to the general use of how everybody's going to use it. And then the users can go in. It doesn't matter if it's agent workspace or their work queues or, you know, the homepage or whatever. They can go in and customize those as long as you're, you have your system open enough for them to do that. Some, some people, I guess, lock it down completely. I haven't ran into an instance like that, but I've, I've heard where, oh, no, we don't, don't let our customers or our users even add columns to our, their lists or anything. Well, so. and some of the MSP systems, the, the service plans, the, the, some of those are so restrictive they don't let any, anybody do anything. Um, that's one of the, uh, you know, I always lead people away the best I can is like stay away from the managed service stuff. Um, it's just not in most people's best interest. Uh, stay with uh, staff augmentation, hire a, an external company to come in and do implementations, hire an implementation company, whatever you can to, to do that additional staff. But those uh, managed service, you know, programs are, they're, they're really not that great. I wouldn't ever recommend one because it's too restrictive. Um, and they're typically in one single instance with multiple customers using domain separation and that's just that's just a bear of a system to manage. So because of that, you tend to have more problems than you do if you just go get your own instance um, and then hire an implementer to do so. Yeah, I haven't ran into any managed systems yet. Yeah, so. they <laughs> they suck. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> <laughs> tell you what I really think. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, they're they're uh, they're they're notoriously difficult to to, to utilize. But um, there are some that are structured different, where you get your own instance. Um, those are better. Um, but I'm always a fan of of just going straight to ServiceNow um, and getting them uh, to to get you set up on an instance, and then making sure that you get a really good uh, implementer. Not necessarily. Yep. Yeah. Not necessarily one of the big partners. I mean, I hate to say this, but I've worked with some of the largest partners um, in ServiceNow, and I've not been impressed. Um, and I've worked with some smaller ones that were more local that honestly were pretty amazing. So don't let the size um, of, of it uh, be the deciding factor. Uh, quality and cost really are going to be the, the, the deciding factors there when selecting it and just make sure that you, you do your research uh, as far as um, who that is you're working for. And if you have somebody local, man, I just, I have, I have a fondness for being able to see and sit in front of people. So I always prefer people who are, are local anyway. Now to spin that towards the upgrade part, if you have a good implementer that's, steers you in the right ways, the best practices and everything, then that helps you in your future upgrades too. Because if they're coming in and they're putting all this custom stuff in, 
just because that's how they always implement, that's going to make your upgrades a lot harder. But if they come in and they listen to you and they're good implementer and they're like, okay, this is best practice, which most of out of the box is, we can customize or we can configure some of this to be the way your company needs without a lot of customization, then your upgrades are going to be a lot cleaner and a lot easier in the future. Yeah. Plus, I'm, 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 I'm finding that the implementers come in, the big implementers come in and they start, they start with prepackaged stuff, some stuff mm-hmm. that they've done before they just start. And, and I'm still, I have, I have a customer that I'm still yanking crap out of their instance that got put in there they have nothing to do with what the implementer came in there to do. It's like they, they implemented incident and all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of, you know, additional stuff in there that has nothing to do with incident. And, you know, they, they, you know, they implement, you know, the uh, incident and all of a sudden now, why is, why is problem changed? You know, that's not out of the box now. Uh, Now I've got to back out a whole bunch of crap that, that, that I didn't want to begin with. So yeah, I, be careful with that as well. I, I, yeah, I see that a lot with uh, implementers that come in and, and uh, or just general consultants in IT also do the same thing. They come in and they go, well, we've got this tool that does this. We've got this tool that does that. And, uh, and it sounds like, oh, that's amazing because it makes everything so easy. I don't have to I don't have to think about these decisions and stuff like that. But the truth is it's just prepackaged crap. Like what you, you know, you buy a PC and the first thing you do is have to uninstall all the crap that they installed on it. Uh, (laughs) If if you want it to perform well, the first thing you have to do is uninstall all the extra bloatware. Well, that's exactly what's happening with a lot of these implementers and a lot of these uh, IT people that come in and do, you know, we have this tool that, that does this. It's just, um, you know, we have a pre-selected set of things that we think works best for one customer that was really happy with us. And so we're going to force it on everybody else. And yep. uh, you got to be careful about that. I think I like what Brent said that, you know, if an implementer actually listens to you and, and is they need to be looking at what is going to work for your company, not what has worked for other companies in the past, not what has worked for other clients that may not work the same way or have the same amount of resources or the same organizational structure, the same organizational culture. Um, because, uh, I mean, let's face it, ServiceNow is, is software that supports the people doing the business. It's not something that does the business for you. And so it should be set up with your company culture in mind and your, you know, your, um, your specific size and capabilities rather than just, this is, you know, this is what we like to just run this script and turn everything on and then charge you a hundred hours for the 13 minute <laughs> script, um, yeah. and leave everything broken in that's wake. Yep. Yeah. I've seen that several times. Um, our implementer, when we implemented, um, my original system that, that I, I support all the time, that one, they listened to us and they mainly built everything from scratch. There are a few things they put in that I didn't agree with from, uh, uh, well, we've used this to other customers. But in the long run, those that stuff has actually turned out to be pretty good. Except, but, except for that one workflow. Well, yes, except for, thing. yes, putting <laughs> one workflow and then trying to make every request through that, uh, that every catalog item work on that same workflow. Uh-huh. That was a stupid thing. <laughs> but there are some other things that, that they did do that I liked. But I've, I've removed all the stupid stuff they did. That's right. But then there's one client that I'm currently working on. They never even thought about doing change. They didn't have the implementer touch change. But they came in, and when they implemented their incident and request stuff, I guess their huge update set that they put in modified all kinds of stuff and changed. So I've had to go back and reset and build from scratch there. So, yeah, it's, it's a pain in the backside for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Makes upgrades bad. You pay, and you have to listen, you pay a significant amount of money for that system. It, pay for somebody to come in and do it right. Yeah. Don't don't be cheap about that and 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 spend a million dollars for the system, but spend 20 cents on implementing it. 
You need yeah. to make sure. And again, this is just from my personal experience that they go, oh, well, we're going to buy it and we're going to implement it. And then they go out and they find the absolute cheapest person they can find mm-hmm. and <laughs> to implement it. And then all of a sudden they wonder why it's not working. They're like, oh, well, the system just must be crap. Yeah. Well, they well, either find, you know, what I've found is they either find the cheapest person they can find because budget is their primary concern, or they go with the biggest name that they can find because Gartner is the only thing they listen to. And, right. you know, not saying that either one of those is wrong. You can find really good people at the low end of the cost spectrum and you can find really good partners at the top end of the spectrum. But um, the the key is they've got to listen to you. You know, not every tool that's out there is bad or, or in maliciously intent, but you know, they got to listen to you and it's got to be tailored to what you're trying to do and, and not touch things that you're not trying to do. Like Brent said, you know, don't let them, don't let them install a tool that's going to change a whole bunch of modules that you're not even implementing yet because that's right. just going to cause you to have to go back through and do it later on down the road. It's like and buying a, And you don't want a yes man either. Yeah. You don't want that company that says yes to everything. Right. Yeah. You want, you want them to challenge your thinking in the end, you want them to do what the heck you tell them to do. Don't get me wrong. Really? You but want you a partner that's that going to be passionate about your practice, business to you the know? point that they, um, you know, we're willing to point out and say that's not best practice and here's why. And we're willing to back up, you know, that that's saying rather than just, you know, no, we're going to run this script. We're going to we're going to do this. And that's that's what you get. I worked with an implementer once that I go, well, what is best practice on this? And they go, whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, no. Now, <laughs> like, it works well when you have kids, doesn't it? <laughs> we're talking about implementers, but all of this about the implement, implementers that we're talking about keeping in mind and all that, that could be for any kind of consulting that you have come in for Absolutely. your system. Yes. It's not just the implementers. If you're having somebody come in and help you with best practice on change or you have someone come in to revamp how your your service portal looks or whatever, always go with somebody or always have a partner that is going to say, Hey, you know, here's best practice. What do you think? What do you will work in your organization work with you? Not just, Hey, here's, I'm going to install this update set and it's going to do everything you ever want to do. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and that goes back to the upgrades because if you, if you do best practice, if you stay outside the box, the best you can, if you do those things, upgrading is not going to be so burdensome. Um, and that's where that, that's where you really have to focus your attention into maintaining. One of the other things that we haven't talked about yet when it comes to upgrades, and, it, and it's very, very, very important. When you're doing an upgrade, the very first thing you do is on a code level, inspect all the skipped items. You want to oh, yeah. try and roll everything back out of the box that you can. And I'll tell you, a lot of- Within time, reason. Huh? <laughs> Within reason, you got to watch and make sure you're not putting in overriding stuff that you've put in because you have a special process. Right. But yeah, you got to you got to watch those skipped items and make sure. And then, well, I think it's a good time to you know use it as a discipline time to go through and review and make sure you still need those things rather than just yes, you know, yep. rather than just saying oh yeah, there's a bunch of skipped items next. Yeah. Ignore those. Those are skipped because we customized all that. You're right. Going back and reviewing and saying, uh, do we really need this or the new functionality they're trying to implement with their script? Is that going to be better? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. One of the coolest thing about reviewing the skipped items, not only can you review the code, you can review the change. So you can actually review both what, what it is today and what it is after the change side by side and, and, and see the difference and, and decide like they're uh, one of the biggest things in this, in, in the New York edition that you're going to find, we skipped Remember, we skipped Madrid on this last one. One of the biggest things I found is because they added the new roles, anything we had touched that had a role that was, uh, we had to roll back out of the box in order to utilize the new functionality of having the more specific roles for incident change, those kind of things. Right. Yep. And now I, I, along that lines, uh, when we first went live, CMDB was locked down that only 
uh, admins and CMDB admin could see it. There were no views for anybody else. So we built a custom view to allow, allow our Alt, uh, ITIL users to see certain parts of the CMDB and, you know, that kind of stuff. So CIs. I noticed, I don't remember which upgrade it was, they now have a CMDB view role. So you can give users that role and they can view it. And it, it made it so much easier. Well, during that upgrade, I did the skipped items and I had to roll back to that kind of stuff so I could take that custom workout and go back with out of the box so they could see the view, that kind of Next stuff. Next time we do an upgrade, that's one less thing we're going to have to look at. Yeah, well, um, we talk about review all your skipped items. What's fun is uh, that's doable when you have 105 skipped items. Mm-hmm. When you have 10,000 skipped items, it's not okay. really doable. <laughs> so, okay. um, no, I'm telling you, I ran the oldest, most customized instance in the state of Oklahoma, maybe the country. That was the third instance at ServiceNow, uh, third customer ServiceNow ever had. And it was old it was antiquated there was everything was customized it was horrible and we still we, we would review every single one of them but we would roll back anywhere from 800 to 1200 skipped items every time we'd go to an upgrade that's great i've never had skipped items over i think five or six hundred <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, it was horrible. It was horrible. We'd have 4,000, 5,000 skipped items. Now, I would suggest that if you have a bunch of skipped items in there, I mean, I would have to say if you have 1,000 or more, uh, 500 is not hard to look at, 600, whatever. It just takes time. But if you have 1,000, a nice thing about their uh, skipped items thing, when you go to review them, they prioritize them. Mm -hmm. These are the highest ones you need to look at. Well, go ahead and look. If you don't have the time or you need to go through quickly or whatever, review all the ones, twos, and threes, fours and fives you could probably leave, but then the next upgrade you need to address those fours and fives. I mean, there are ways around it, but always address your ones, twos, and threes, I would say. I would suggest. I'd agree. And, I, I, you know, I hate seeing customers that just ignore the skipped items and keep moving forward because – I mean, you're really you're really throwing away one of the big advantages of ServiceNow's dev cycle, um, you know, by saying, yeah, you guys release a new major release every six months, uh, but uh, we want to keep everything the way it was, you know, so we're just going to. Well, one of the things back. I've found is that if you look at the fours and fives, you'll have a whole bunch of those fours and fives that are um, that are that are the same as it is out of the box. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that too. It's like um, I, I I was reviewing mine uh, for my New York upgrade last week, or no, this week. It was like Tuesday, and I got to the fours and fives, and there were some of them that were exactly the same stuff across, except for in the script there were a couple spaces in there that mine didn't have or whatever. It's like really, well, yeah, <laughs> can it just get that? But still, oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> but uh, it also was that I'd never touched those files. Right. Those said last modified and created by admin. And when I went and looked at the new one, it was admin. So it was really kind of weird. We had never touched them. So I don't know why they did that. But, yeah, there are some four and fives that do show up that way. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it was quite interesting. And, and you'll find, though, that – if you do it right and you keep on it and you keep upgrading correctly. Um, and the other thing is don't be afraid to postpone a patch. You're going to have to, when you're upgrading, you're going to have to contact. Um, I, I've seen this mistake happen multiple times when you're in the middle of an upgrade, you don't want to patch to a different level. For example, they were patch. We're in, we're in uh, say we're in dev and we're on patch three. And then they get patch four is scheduled to happen on, on, on test and on dev. And you're like, well, no, don't be afraid to, to submit a ticket or and postpone that to a later date because you don't want to be patching and retesting everything. Right. The, the person I was talking to is like, oh, no, we'll just patch. We don't need to retest. And I'm like, no, if you patch, you're retesting everything. So, yes. um, yep. so stop. 
And <laughs> yeah. And ServiceNow's made it so easy. They give you the change number. And as the customer, you can go in the change on the high, high site and change the date. I don't want it. I can't do it this day. So let's do it this date. So even if you, they say you're uh, going to upgrade to, or they're going to patch your production system to Madrid um, level five or whatever it is now. And you're upgrading that weekend. And then they're planning on doing that patch on Monday. Not a good time frame. The, but anyways, they're planning on doing it. You can reschedule it and put a note in there that says, hey, by the way, I'm upgrading to New York on this date, so the patch might need to be done. And they'll re-update your, your change with the new patch. So they'll, mm-hmm. they'll even go, oh, well, wait, you're up to the newest patch. They'll cancel the change. But yeah. they decide all that stuff. So, but you can do all that in the change. Yeah. And and the other thing uh, is, don't be Monday morning at seven thirty is not the right time to schedule upgrades. Oh, that's when I usually do it. No, it's not. But <laughs> I, I couldn't think off the top of my head when was the best time for them to patch, or when do they patch? They usually do it like Wednesday or Thursday, I think. But yeah, yeah. Thursday is a good day for us because uh, you know uh, I have found that Thursday night and there's a lot of people not there on Fridays most time most places. You know, and now it all depends on your organization. Sometimes you need to do it Friday night after everybody's gone because you, you've got or, too many people in the system the entire time. And but, but I find that a lot of times Thursday night is a good night. Well, uh, organiza- some organizations are, I mean, especially 24-hour, seven-day-a-week organizations uh, have certain windows that you have to mm-hmm. do this stuff in. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're patching your system and there's a chance that it's down, which knock on wood that doesn't usually happen with service now um you want to patch you have to patch in that window so you can also tell them nope i got to do this uh uh, during my patch window so it's um thursday local time of 1 a.m to 3 a.m so you can do it in that two hour period right and they they're flexible they do that yeah it helps uh, i've never seen them cause any issues as far as that goes they want to work with you on that yeah. yeah, I will say yep. one more thing. You, you, if you need to postpone a patch more than thirty days, uh, you can't do it on the high portal. But don't fret; you can change it. You just have to. You just have to submit a high ticket and ask them to postpone it more than thirty days. Um, this last uh, upgrade, because it was so massive, and we had Christmas and everything in between, it ended up taking uh, more time than. Uh, well, it took about the, the about the time we expected, but there was a patch that came in right about the beginning of it. So we had to push that patch out, and we didn't want it to happen directly after production upgrade. The day after, actually, was 30 days. So we just submit a high ticket. Hey, can you move it out another couple of weeks? Um, which doesn't give us a tremendous amount of time, but um, a couple couple of weeks, I guess, is is as good as is, is adequate. I- it's better than the day after. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be bad. Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Um, you know, I think it boils down to, you know, go slow too. Don't get ahead of yourself. Review your skipped items. Make sure and test well. Have a plan. Documented plan. I'd have a documented plan. Yeah. And listen, you, you can do an upgrade in two weeks. You can. Uh, I wouldn't add any additional functionality, like like uh, I wouldn't configure any new modules at that point to get it done. But if you have all the, if you have a well documented process, well documented plan, and you're just doing the upgrade, you could get it done in two or three weeks. Yes, you um, can. But that's not, like you said, not implementing anything new. All it's doing is going from one version up. And, yeah, you can do that in two weeks. Yeah. Well, you can implement new stuff, too. It just takes a, a really good team. Yeah. That's true. Um, I, can, I, know, I know one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I can say most of my upgrades usually take, and I'm usually the only one focusing on it, so they usually take about a month, but um, which is good because this – old system I used to do took six months to upgrade. So this one's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I and, think that, you know, really it's don't get into a hang up about how quick or how slow it has to be. Do it right for your. System. Exactly. Yep. Be disciplined. 
in the way you set it up so that you're progressively getting uh, better every time. Cause if you're disciplined and you, um, and you document and you figure out what didn't work and, and what did work, then every single cycle you're going to be improving that upgrade time anyways. Right. The, it comes down to do it correctly the first time. Mm -hmm. Take whatever time you need to. If you need to postpone it, most of the organization will understand, especially if you say, well, if I deploy it tomorrow, it's all going to be broken. Or if you give me an extra week and deploy the upgrade, then I can have everything fixed and it'll work fine. Most of the time, they'll take that, <laughs> I would yeah. think. And I, I got to say, with the New York especially, there is um, there is so much uh, additional functionality that you can bring to the table. If you're doing the New York, don't try and do that one in two weeks. You know, go ahead and take your time, bring in and get some of the new functionality to your customers because those things are going to keep them wanting more from ServiceNow. I find that if you're in front of them bringing new functionality, they're going to think about you when they go to things like security incident, right? When when somebody needs something. But if, if you're not bringing new stuff at, to the table and you're not constantly moving forward with the platform, um, people won't come to you as easily and ask you to do other things. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> But that's my two cents. Um, <laughs> man, the upgrades are awesome. Um, twice a year. Brent, what do you think? Once a year, twice a year? It depends on your organization and uh, how susceptible they are or how well they receive the changes. Um, but I usually do two a year. Uh, it's better than when they were doing three releases a year. Yeah. So uh, they're a lot more stable now. Used to, they would do the winter, spring, summer, and they would, it's going to be out on this date no matter what. If it's broken, I don't care, send it out. And they used to do that. Yeah. Now, with the new, you know, starting from Aspen on and the two a year, they've been pretty solid. I haven't seen many issues over this last eight or nine years that I've been doing that. Yeah. I, I will say that they, and, and I think there's been huge improvements in upgrades over the last three since Geneva. Geneva was kind of a clunky one. I don't know if you thought that way too, but Geneva seemed like a kind of a, kind of a clunky upgrade. Um, no, Geneva and going from Aspen to Berlin. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, those upgrades were still, you know, going along. I, they've just gotten better over the years. They a lot easier. Um, back then, they didn't have the, hey, review these skipped items kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah. And watch the upgrade monitor, you know, even though you don't ha you, you can you, you can just review things after. It's kind of cool to watch it go through and, 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 uh, and do the upgrade. I don't know if if you guys are an admin listening or a developer and you haven't watched an upgrade and watched the, the monitor while the upgrade's going on, do, do it. It's, it's actually really pretty neat. Uh, they've got a great visualization and, um, and, and I always watch it because um, I am uh, anal retentive. So, um, <laughs> I, Hey, I've always watched them and it's kind of neat to watch the databases because they have little pictures of the databases and uh -huh. you can see them go down. Then they go a different color and then they come up in their green because they've been upgraded and you can see all of them going across and all that stuff. It's kind of interesting to watch the statistics across there, it is. but it I'm is. just kind of a, a weird person like that, but apparently says Jason, but yes, yes. Um, I wonder where I learned those kind of things. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but um, it's interesting to watch all that, but it's also interesting or it's good to watch all that because then you, if anything ever happens, you're right there and you can, you know, jump on it. But um, yeah, that's always fun. Yeah. I will have to say, watch the monitor when it says upgrade completed before you do anything, log out, log back in. So you get all the new look and features and everything uh -huh. because it, it just, it's weird. It just seems like it's sometimes weird if you don't, because things don't always come across like you think they would. So yeah, have you seen the new UI for the visual task boards? 
No. <laughs> I'll have to go look at it. <laughs> go go look at the new UI for the Visual Task Force if you haven't. If you just did an upgrade or doing an upgrade, then honestly, the New York Visual Task Board, um, they're really cool new visualization. That, and you can configure them a lot more. You can configure swim lanes vertically instead of horizontally as well. And you can, uh, they have themes. So you can change your entire color palette, which is kind of cool. Um, and so, yeah, the, really cool stuff coming in, in New York with, with the visual task boards. If you use them, I use them a lot. So I was kind of excited about that. But, uh, and if you're a scrum person, um, and yeah, and, uh, an agile person, that's why I use it is cause I think it's, it's very helpful in that way. So. I think, um, I'm always excited to see what else comes out, what what's new and what, uh, you know, what happens. Oh yeah, I I love having the new stuff and going. Oh, that's pretty cool and implementing it and and everything. It's also pretty cool. I implemented. I don't remember which one it was, but uh, you could turn your home homepage into a dashboard, and yeah. so yeah. I implemented that. But I didn't tell anybody I did it. Uh, it was just part of the upgrade and all. And next thing I know, all these people have dashboards and stuff. It was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and we have stuff that, it, you know, there's there's a lot of changes. Uh, and one of the things in New York that I think was, you know, yes, additional functionality in, in, with the mobile, with agent, with um, with all of that different stuff. But they have a lot of, like, dashboard um, improvements and and some things like that. That's really great. Some improvements with uh, a major incident uh, for those of you that use major incident um, and major incident communications. So there's, there's a lot of really good improvements uh, in New York. Uh, is there anything Brent or Randy that has struck you with the most latest releases as far as like kind of the coolest really, you know, thing that you've seen? Hmm. I'm thinking, um, I've liked some of the, the new stuff or new updates they've made to the, uh, scalable agile, mm -hmm. but we're just starting to mess with that. So I haven't seen a whole lot of that stuff, but I like uh, I, the, the scoping stuff, right? Uh, the being able to create a scoped application and glow the global scope. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that could be dangerous, but yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it can be. Yeah, exactly. Well, but, but, you know, I like to live on the wall side. So. Yep. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest and say, I haven't messed with New York a whole lot yet. So. Yeah. Well, well, I've only spent two weeks in it. So yeah, the oh, mobile I have, app is I have the most experience in New York. That's crazy. I know. That's crazy. It's um, like me having the most experience on anything. I'm feeling pretty good right now. I really do like the new mobile app. I don't know if my customers will use it, but I do like that. Well, I like that they broke it out agent and, and, and customer. So, because, you know, the reality is what do you build it for? Well, you know, if you're, you're most of the, the previous mobile apps, you're building for the customer. I like that they have an agent one so you can, you know, be remote and, you know, closing and closing an incident or, yep. yeah. or, or all that stuff. Or easily reassigning it or, you know, whatever your heart content wants because you can build everything you want in there. But um, because that it is nice that when you're building the agent stuff or the mobile stuff that they're scoped apps. So they're not going to affect other things. So it, it's kind of nice. It also has its downsides, but it's nice that it doesn't get affected that much. So if you build a custom mobile app to do, I don't know, your task boards or whatever in there, it it's, it's easier to upgrade and not affect it. So, well, especially then, and you know, since mobile, this mobile is pretty new that you're going to have major improvements in Orlando. You're going to have major improvements in, in the next three or four versions so a lot of those things that you're building, those whether it's change, putting change in it or putting other things, those are going to be available um, in later versions. And so what you're going to have to do is just turn off the, the, your, the app that you created 
and go with out of the box, you know? Oh yeah. Yep. That makes that easier too. Yep. It does much easier. So it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, it also, I like the location services stuff. Um, and I like the fact that you can actually build things into the mobile app that will allow you to get to the location of the mobile while, while doing it. I know some people hate that, but um, it could be very useful in building mobile apps for us. Oh, it could be useful if you have, uh, well, especially since one of the apps is uh, field services location and that kind of stuff. So, you know, it, you could use all kinds of things with that. So your desktop support guy shows up at uh, one of these buildings. You could, in theory, build, and it might be, I haven't researched it, uh, it come up and say, hey, by the way, there's 10 more tickets in this area if you want to to take a look at them. Yeah. yeah plus, if they, if they come out, you can actually, um, with interestingly enough, with field services, you can actually see where they're at and assign it to, and, and actually assign it to them because they're the closest. Yeah. So, I mean, those things are just really invaluable. And field services is something I think that is a, an application and service now that is completely underutilized. Yeah. I, pointed it out I'm not actually using it so I'll need to I need to look into it but yeah it's definitely a good app but it's in it with all the new stuff coming it's going to be better and better and better as you go Uh, so as far as that's concerned I I would I would definitely look into that Um, I've been impressed with a lot of the new stuff so it's it's one of those things that we don't have enough time on this call we're we're pushing uh, the, the the time frame that we have anyway um, but if you haven't taken a look at some of the new functionalities and you saw a demo of one of the applications three years ago and you thought, uh, that wasn't very good. I'm not any, so go look at it now because yeah. the way ServiceNow does it, they bring it out kind of, eh, but then over, you know, a couple of years, it's now the premier, you know, product in the market. Yeah, they, they really do, uh, uh, quickly improve things um it's it's very uh it's very cool that you know sometimes people do a, a quick release cycle like what service now does but there's no real discernible good stuff that comes out of it but service now you know i remember with project we looked at it and we were underwhelmed and you know one release later it was like a whole new a whole new application, you know, as far as oh, everything. Yeah. almost everything we complained about when we, when we looked at the first demo had been addressed or was set up to be addressed in the next release. And so don't be afraid to revisit, you know, be, revisit things that you've looked at in the past because they will change. They will get better. Um, they're pretty passionate about improving. Uh, oh yeah. I, I think they, I don't know for a fact, but it looks, it seems like there's always a change in almost every module for the upgrade. It might not be a huge change, but it's some kind of, hey, we're going to start adding this or whatever. I mean, something small to it, but there's usually always something changing in the modules. And good example project, like you said, it was not a very good thing when we looked at it first, but the, well, it was not very elaborate and then whenever we go back a couple of years later it had what we wanted plus more and it was like oh my gosh we can start doing things and using it correctly so it it, it was great yeah yeah and, and really, i find that really nice because a lot of also what they what they update are feedback items you know they listen to exactly your yep your feedback and a lot of mm-hmm. things that change are, are based on feedback at least it seems like it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, I know it's got to be because it's it's like you, it is the things that are most talked about that end mm-hmm. up getting changed. So you know they've got to be listening as well. Uh, you know, and I find that um, if you if you like the product and you implement it, you, you just are going to continuously get better product, and you're not going to be disappointed. And it's not going to go stale like some of the other products you would buy um, where this other product's getting better and, and yours is not. Right. Right. And if, if they're not better right now, they will be um, that if you look at a module and it's, you know, it'll, it'll work for you, but you want these other functionalities, most likely you're going to get it in the next upgrade or two. Mm-hmm. They, they do have 
great um, upgrade cycles and they do the feedback is is listen to it seems like and and that but that also leads me to another point stop building stuff in just because you don't have it look at the next version look at the version after that they start releasing this information you start understanding talk to your reps what do they kind of come up with oh yeah. Um, yeah i have a i have a lunch meeting with my with with my uh, service now rep um, on, on Monday, what do you think I'm going to be doing? They've been at the sales conference for a week. I'm going to be probing him on everything they're coming up with. You know, I want to yeah. make sure I know everything because that way I'm not wasting my time building something that already exists. Or and- in between on that, I, you know, I think definitely if you look at it and you go, yeah, they've got it on their roadmap and it's coming out in the very next release and you can wait, then go ahead and do that. But if you need it, don't be afraid to build it. Just don't get um, too attached to it. Right. Be willing yep. to pull it back out as soon as it's a, a you know, an out of the box capability. Yes, sure. that's true. Um, because you can always most likely uh, take whatever data you collected and migrate it to their module some way. I mean, it might be that somebody manually inputs six months worth of stuff, but you could, I mean, it's all tables and everything. You can migrate that data over. You're not going to lose it. Just don't spend a lot of time on it. Yeah. Well, exactly. and in that, in that case, if it's something you absolutely have to have, you know, check with somebody who's done several of those, you know, moving the data forward. Yes. In the past yep. Because yep. You know, that is definitely one of those things that you're just, you're not going to get the experience if you're not, Sometimes a consultant is very good because they see so many different issues. Yeah, they've done other things that normally an admin wouldn't have. Right, so yep. that's a very good use case for definitely check with somebody that that has demonstrated trustworthiness. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. But you also, if you build the app and you decide not to move the data over, if the app's still in your system, you just disable it from everybody seeing it. They use the new one, and you have the historical in your old system. So yeah. it's not like you have to move it over. You have it there. But, yeah. Well, and you can play with it. You can utilize it for something else. You can refer back to the code and build something else. I mean, that's the nice thing about that is you don't have to have it on for it to be, be there. Yep. Yeah, they've done – I really, you know – I don't know. One of these days we're going to do a podcast where we don't completely fanboy out about it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, that, that might happen sometime, but someday, I don't know. Hey, I that'll think, happen the same day. We don't go down a rabbit trail about something that we're not, right. the podcast's right. not over. So right, right, right. in other words, it's not going to happen at all, but we're going to wish it, you know, maybe, uh, <laughs> but again, they, they've done a really intelligent job of putting the system together with the ability for you to do that, to turn that off. It's still reference and not lose the data, but not have it destroy what you're trying to move forward with. So. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Well, guys, I think our, I think our time is up. I really appreciate, appreciate everybody being here. Thank you, Brent. You're, you're always an awesome resource. Randy, thank you so much. Uh, I got to tell you, I'm a little disappointed. Our, uh, our other compatriot, uh, Justin is not here tonight. And for all of the all of you that know uh, Justin, um, feel free to give him a hard time and tell him to get his bottom back on the uh, on the podcast. But uh, but I guess I can't blame him. He was sick this evening. Um, but uh, but yeah, hopefully we'll we'll have him on the next one. Um, so awesome! Well, thank you guys. Well, thank send, you. Send us uh, don't forget that we're that we're on LinkedIn. Don't forget to. Uh, to 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 leave any comments, suggest episodes. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, uh, so don't uh, don't be a stranger. Yes, or like like Randy was saying, send some questions if you want. I mean, we're here to answer things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We obviously don't get bored talking about it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Just send them away. <laughs> you would think we would, but yeah, we don't. <laughs> No, no, we love this stuff. So don't, you know, if you have, Hey, I don't know how to do this. I actually would love to hear from you. I, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, Brent's on, I, Brent's, are you on LinkedIn? Nope. Get on LinkedIn. 
I might. We can, we can filter things over to Brent. <laughs> yeah. So if you have a question for Brent, uh, see, uh, you know, send it to me and, and put in the notes. You need Brent. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> if if we don't know it, you know, we'll we'll try to figure it out. That's something we like to do as well. So. Yeah. I mean, we know ServiceNow quite a bit. We know, you know, the ITIL processes, that kind of stuff. I'm learning more about Agile and how to say it. But um, questions about any of that kind of stuff would be nice. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And we have uh, we have a, an ITIL expert also that we are very good friends with. And so if you have any ITIL questions or you want an episode on some sort of ITIL process, um, we'd love to talk about that as well. And we can uh, always bring him on. So, uh, yeah, just reach out and let us know what you need, uh, what we can help you with, and we will uh, see what we can do. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Thank you. Bye.